Hey babe, are you overwhelmed and burnt out by never ending to-do lists, constantly giving your time to others and feeling out of balance in your personal life? And are you ready to get absolute clarity on your life's purpose and activate the best version of you? Then it's time to ignite that inner fire and rediscover the fierce, confident woman you are born to be. Welcome to The Beam Life, where myself and other guests empower you to take steps toward the life you want so you can truly be everything and more. I'm Caitlin, your empowerment coach, new bestie, and lover of all things leopard print. It's time to get this party started, y'all. Do I have a treat for you, babe? Welcome to the Beam Life Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin, and today I have a fab guest for you. I met Chloe about two and a half years ago at a women's conference, and when I tell you that her energy is just magnetic, um, that is exactly what drew me to her. And we have been friends ever since. And what I really love about Chloe is that she has this ability to make you feel safe and that you can share anything. And so I knew that she would be the perfect person to bring on and have a real honest conversation about motherhood and what happens to us as women as we kind of journey from you know, not being mothers into motherhood and then years into it, as I am six years into it, how um, I have gone through so many ups and downs. And, you know, oftentimes when I'm talking about motherhood, I have this like guilt and shame around me because I feel bad for saying that motherhood is hard and that life is hard and that I should be so grateful. And I so am, but that doesn't mean that it makes it easy. Chloe Devon is a master energy healer, trailblazing empowerment leader, trained and specializing in various modalities such as Reiki, shamanism, shadow integration, inner child healing, trapped emotion release, and has 200 hours of yoga teacher training. Her list of mastery is always growing infinitely as she evolves and navigates her own course of self-mastery. We dive into all of that. So if some of that sounded like, you know, out of um, your realm or you haven't heard of it yet, you know, welcome. We are going to talk about each one of those things. She's also the co-founder of The Moment Method, Soul Out Empower Her Men, and the Third Eye Vibe podcast. In her perspective light, Chloe values and defines healing as not a codependent fixing, but as a liberation found only by a deeper understanding, integration, and embodiment of one's full faceted self. Internally, we have multiple layers that we want to feel safe, desire to be acknowledged, heard, seen, felt, held, understood, loved, and not fixed. She uses her intuitive gifts and unique approach to hold space for the activation within your own experiences and gifts, creating a sense of sacred interdependence along your healing journey, empowering you not only to navigate, but lead in the life you desire to experience. If you would, please help me welcome Chloe Devon. 
Chloe girl, what is up? How are you? Hello. I'm so, so well, and I'm so excited to be here and dive into all of this juiciness that we have. Yes. I'm just really excited to introduce you to this community. I know we've done some Instagram lives and we've obviously been at events together. So it's not like you're a stranger, but really we haven't had this intimate of a conversation before. So I know that the beam babes are just going to eat you up and, you know, I want to share a little bit more than I did in the intro as to why I'm having you on today. And for those of you listening, you know that I am selective in terms of the guests that I bring on here, because I want to make sure that if you are using your precious time to dive into something, because time is like the one resource we cannot get back. Right. And if you are using your time, I want to make sure that you are plugging into a source that is going to fill your cup. And from the second I met Chloe, I've always been an intuitive person. Like from the second I meet someone, I'm like, I like you or I don't like you. And I can't have a reason. (laughs) I'm just like, I just know it in my soul. And I was, I, I remember the first time it was a few years ago when I was in Louisville for the event and she was placed next to me at the dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, who is this magical woman that is sitting right here? I mean, you just exude magic, magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it other than that. But then we got to talking and of course, you know, I find you're an energy healer. I'm like, oh, duh. Like I should have pegged that. And not only are you an energy healer, but what I think is even more of an incredible thing that you do is that you help us women see things that we've probably been blind to for a really long time. And when we don't see those things, both the positive and the things that we should be working on, I don't like saying negative, right? But it's just things that we need to work on. But when we don't face those things or acknowledge those things or recognize or celebrate those things, um, we're just kind of living, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of like thriving and living in our purpose and potential. So, you know, while we're going to be talking about energetics, we're also going to be diving into motherhood. And so I'm just, girl, so happy that you're here. Tell listeners a little bit more in specific about what you do and like what it means to you, because it's different for each person to be Mm -hmm. an energy healer and, you know, your responsibilities that you have and what you like to help clients on in their journeys. Mm. Well, first of all, thank you for all that you've just said. I felt the same meeting you Mm -hmm. like rock star. Like we immediately, (laughs) we were here for it, here for it. Yeah. I love it. Um, So I'm fully receiving that. Thank you so much. And okay, so yeah, I consider myself a master energy healer. And I don't take that term lightly. Like, it's my 
you know, we all kind of deal with like imposter syndrome and things like that. Right. Never. No, no. Right. <laughs> and to hear like master energy healer, like who does she think she is? Right. And there's this, and that's me to me. Yeah. And so something I've really learned along the way is that it's my ability of self mastery, my practice of self mastery and my willingness of self-mastery every single day, every step of the way, every trip, every bump, every celebration, like you said, along the way. I'm just a student. I'm a student of life, a student of love. And I'm here and I know that I'm here to guide others in this walk of life, walk with them. And a lot of my work has been really focused on you might hear it in psychology, therapy, all these things as like parts work or mm. inner child healing or um, just what I really focus on is I like to think of us as like a full spectrum being. We have all of these different hues, tones, shades to us, different parts of us that are all working for the common goal of getting through this life but have, let's say, different tones or ways about going to get those needs met. And a lot of times we walk through life kind of numb or mm-hmm. not understanding what those parts are, what their voices sound like, what their personality types are, how they typically choose to get their needs met through patternistic ways. So we kind of walk through life asleep. Mm -hmm. But then we wonder why we keep ending up in the same densities, the same places and spaces, you know, feeling the same ways about ourselves. And it's not, life is not about being perfect. It's not about gaining this mastery of perfection. It's about when I am in this spiral of life, as we talked about before we started recording, but when we are in this spiral of life, Are you reaching for your tools, reaching for understanding yourself, reaching for understanding the need that's trying to be met underneath all of this rage and anger and frustration and overwhelm? And when we keep getting our needs met in those ways, like I said, we find ourselves in those same places, spaces, and it just really helps when you dive into the type of work that I'm passionate about personally in my own practice and being able to identify those individual parts because we have multiple facets within, understanding where they come from, where they're coming from, you know, and being able to have the self-awareness in any given moment of, hey, okay, this is actually happening underneath and all around me or with this person and being able to dance through life in that way. uh, It really brings a sense of liberation, freedom, empoweredness, right? This ability to approach life in all of its uncertainty because it is just simply uncertainty and really approach it from the space of I can and I will navigate this as opposed to this, well, if I place myself here and I do this here and I do that there, then I'll be able to maybe navigate this. And we're like squirreling our way through things, you know? And so 
this type of work, right? And it's different for every single person, every client I have, we have a different journey because you're your own individuation. And we celebrate that here in my world. Um, there is no one size fits all. We have to walk through this path to get you here. It's let's look at you. Let's see what's coming up right now because that's what wants to be seen, you know, yes. and we journey that way. And, you know, it's, it's really beautiful to watch it all unfold. Mm, yeah. You know, what you do is so necessary. And I love what you said that you are practical and magical, like all in one, mm -hmm. because oftentimes people, at least, um, some clients or, you know, in settings that I have talked to when I bring up the word Reiki or energy mm -hmm. healing or, um, energy clearing, things like that, cutting cords. Yes. I've been looked at sideways, like, absolutely. What are you talking about? And so what is going to be great about our conversation? I would love to do, you know, some grounding to get us settled in, but what I want listeners to really understand is that if you aren't familiar with this type of work, it is mm -hmm. not just woo, at least not in Chloe's world, right? It's mm -hmm. about, like right. she said, understanding your parts and all these things that make us who we are so that we can be and live in this purposeful, intentional way. And so I, I would love if you are, you know, listening, thinking about our conversation and motherhood in particular, where if motherhood feels like a struggle, which you're no stranger here, right? Motherhood mm -hmm. does is a struggle and is a learning opportunity. The journey in itself, baby. Mm. Such a journey. And so this honest conversation, I ask that you just open your mind and your heart to invite something different that maybe you haven't thought of before. Um, because that's how we invite change is if we are so stagnant in our thoughts and in our bodies and we're not welcome to new things, whether or not we take the practice and go and do it tomorrow is not the point. The point is, are you listening and are you listening to yourself? Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so if you would, before we kind of dive deeper into this motherhoodness and energetics and all that, I would love if you would do us the honor of just grounding us, um, because yeah. I think it's important and it's, you do it so good. So mm, let's, I love it. let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. And just to riff off the point that you made of like magical versus practical. And it does feel like the words like Reiki and energy healing, they feel so out there and I come from being very skeptical so you're talking to the right one here like I get it and the easiest way for me to say it in a very short moment is that Reiki we'll start there Reiki is Ray is universal Ki is life force energy just like Chi or Ki and Qigong Tai Chi things like that but universal life force energy. And if you break us down under a microscope, okay, you take a little piece of our skin, put it under that microscope, we're going to break down molecules, atoms, smaller, smaller, small, 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 
we are simply vibrating energy that comes together as mass matter. Everything that you're looking at that we're using to speak right now, hear each other right now, everything in nature is made of that vibrating energy. It's just coming together in a different way based on what you're looking at, who you are, whatever it is. Right. And so Mm -hmm. energy in motion, emotion, right? The emotions that we're feeling, we're setting energy into motion and we want it to be in motion. That's what helps us stay well. Um, But Yes, let's ground down. And even that might feel like, whoa, I meditating, <laughs> grounding down. Just think of it simply as getting as present as you can be in this moment so you can fully receive what you are intended to receive. And to your point, like you will probably hear things you've heard before, or you might hear things that you've never heard before. But the more present you are in this moment with an open heart, willingness and open mind you can receive medicine or nuggets of love or whatever it is you can receive it in any moment any conversation any repetition it's here yeah you just need to be here open willing and ready so we'll just get that right now grounding Mm. quote quote okay so a really quick and simple way to ground down So just close your eyes if that feels safe to you. If not, simply gaze forward. Let your eyes just become soft. Focus on something in front of you. Place your hands on your lower belly or anywhere on your body, your legs. Just touch your body. Get in tune with your vessel, this physical shell. Take a big breath into your hands, wherever they may be. And as you exhale, think about exhaling down through the earth beneath you, just downward. Inhale, fill your body up. Exhale, down towards the earth. Release your shoulders, soften your jaw, your brow, your belly. Let yourself take up space. Lengthen from the crown of your head if you're sitting up. Breathe fully. Exhale fully. Soften your thighs, your knees, your calves, your ankles, your feet. Take another inhale. Fill yourself up. Take an exhale towards the ground beneath you. Just start to notice, observe, witness how simply breathing in a calm way is starting to center you, help you be more present, aware in your body in this moment. Inhale for a count of four, three, two, one. One, exhale for six, five, four, three, two, one. Inhale for four, three, two, one. Exhale for six, five, four, three, two, one. One last time. Inhale for four, 
three, two, one. Exhale, four, three, two, one. Now just breathe in your natural rhythm. Soften your body. And just scan from the head, tip of your head, down to the tips of your toes. Just witness what you feel like, any sensations, where your body is positioned, where you are within the room that you're in, the space all around you. Take a big deep breath in. Exhale out. Blink your eyes open if you chose to close your eyes. Mm. And welcome back. I love it. You know, I bring almost, well, yeah, I start every session group or one-on-one with breath work and I'm always the leader of it and Mm -hmm. it feels so nice to be led. So thank you for that. And what I really noticed was like, I'm clenching, whether it was my butt, whether it was my jaw, whether it was my pelvic floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just clenching. So it's like with every breath, I was like, Oh, release. Oh, my, yeah. my butt still clenched. Release my butt. Okay. My toes are yeah. still tight. Release my toes. You know, That's and it's it. like, we don't realize that keyword awareness because most of the time, like without that breath, like I felt present, I was present. I'm here. I'm connected, but now I'm like really here. I'm like, Oh, right. I just like tapped into some little things that I didn't even realize I was holding on to and letting that mm-hmm. go. Who knows what's going to come in this conversation? You know, I absolutely. Mean, here we are. Um, Yeah, we hold so many things, emotions, experiences, other people's energies in our own bodies. And we also carry a belief system in our posture. Mm. So as we're like crunched up, clenched up, we're telling everything in our bodies and minds we're not safe to be here, be now. And so as we choose to breathe, soften, expand. So it is. Yes. Yes. So beautiful. And really sets us up to have this honest conversation about, you know, motherhood in general and this transition. Um, what I think isn't talked about often enough, and I think about it a lot is one day we're not moms and the next day we are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I don't think we talk about enough the grief. Yes. And it's not grief like I'm not grateful for this blessing or opportunity even. Um, it's not, you know, what I'm coming from. But when something ends and something new begins, we are meant to grieve. And I use that word impeccably. Like, we're grieving. What really woke me up to this was like the past few years, what we've gone through as a collective and Uh how we had to grieve every single thing that we thought we were and every relationship we had with something outside of ourselves, whether that be our hobbies, our friends, uh, what we were filling our time with very simply. And it really woke me up to how grief is a natural cycle that we go through multiple times a day. 
Yes. But even more so when we're the minute we find out we're pregnant, like I willingly wanted to have a child with my partner and we tried and we tried and we tried and I was wanting it, praying for it. And when I got the blessing, there was still grief of like, whoo, okay, that chapter is closed forever and this is forever more. Yes. Ah, And it's, if we could acknowledge that and celebrate it, let's say honor it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like even like when once, like not just when you get pregnant, but let's say when you actually birth the child, come home and the whole everything, your schedule, the the house, the people in it, everything is different. So there's even the grief right there that I feel like is really skipped over because we're like in fight or flight trying to keep this thing alive, trying to keep ourselves alive. So I say it in the most like loving, celebrating, honoring thing. Like I think there's honor in grief. hundred percent. I love you know? that. Yes. Such a good choice of words, honor and grief, because recently I ha- I don't talk about it a lot, but I know that this podcast is safe and you're safe. And something mm-hmm. that has been coming up a lot in my personal home is my daughter is facing some mental health stuff and it's similar to mental health stuff that I have in a different way. And, you know, through this process of discovering and getting her tools and support and like understanding our brains. And there's been a lot of like unearthing, right? Like I'm getting asked questions, like what was your pregnancy like? And how was your birth? And what was it like the days coming home? And, you know, she's six. And I'm like, why am I just now thinking about this? Mm. And I never was present then. Oh, I just get chills thinking about that. I was so in that fight or flight. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I literally, at the time I was married with my now ex-husband and we owned this gym together. We had a ton of members that felt like children in a sense. Like we had this community Mm -hmm. that we had, we were responsible for and taking care of. And, you know, that was what put a roof over our head and food on the table. And I was very involved. And then I had a baby and the next day I was like home and I was still trying to manage all these things with a newborn. I was like, I go back and think, and I'm like, how did I do that? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I was having this identity crisis of who am I now? Like I've only known myself in this one way, Mm -hmm. which is like this ambitious, like can stay up however long I need to, to do projects, get up when I need to move through things, do whatever to now I have this child and this blessing who I'm so grateful for, but I never did the work to understand what was coming, you know? And I'm not sure any of us can really, I was about to say, I'm not sure if we can really prepare because (laughs) our children are in their own individuations as well. There's no way to prepare for who they're choosing to be in this lifetime and what that's going to bring out of ourselves as the mothers or caretakers, you know, I know for me personally, it's been, you know, a really big journey of, 
I'm parenting her in a way that I wanted to be parented. But then I also woke up to she's individual. She is a whole other being. So you parenting her from the lens of what you think you wanted when you were a child is still not necessarily hitting the mark. Well, at least in my household. So I really had to get to know her and her needs and how she's choosing to try to get them met and teach her tools of how to do that. And, you know, from her perspective and also obviously blended with my own because there's always going to be that. Uh, But so in a lot of these moments, I'm also reparenting myself in a lot of my inner parts. So as I'm like saying things to her, I'm like, take your own medicine, girl, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) you're dishing it out, baby. But, you know, are you walking the walk? Because that's really what they're learning from. They're absorbing your behavior, not just what you're saying is right versus wrong. They're seeing how you metabolize your own emotions and your own stresses of life and how you set yourself up for those navigations that are inevitable. Yes. I love that you bring this up because one of the biggest lessons that has bit me in the ass so hard over the last year is this work of also reparenting, but also, um, seeing things like you said through that lens. So what would happen is I would be parenting her through a way that I'm like, I'm going to do this better than the way I was parented. Mm -hmm. And for example, if she's having some kind of meltdown, you know, I'd be so gentle and sweet and, you know, there's no like punishment, no, go to your room, none of this stuff. And then when it wouldn't work, I would all of a sudden turn into this like monster, like, how dare you? Do you know how good you have it? Like I am. And then it's like, wait a second. That's just as bad. That's literally just as bad because now it's not her fault that I'm parenting her better. Right? Like, why am I resentful that I am not receiving what I'm trying to manipulate, but learning that she is so her own human and that like, they are not responsible for our healing. I was about to say for our fears, for our healing. Absolutely. That, I have a story that I feel really called to share because it's been this cornerstone of my, like, it sounds simple, but oh, mind-blowing. Like, generations healed. (laughs) So, like you're saying, like, projecting my fears or overwhelm onto her because she is literally using anything she has to get her own needs met. That's anything anyone is ever doing. This is something that my therapist grounded down into me is someone trying to get a need met. Mm, Period. mm, 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 mm. Okay. So the, here's the story. So I'm getting ready and my daughter is like a dancer, gymnast. She's adventurous. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I know I was a cheerleader growing up. Like I know these things. Like if you want to flip, you got to flip. Right. You can't just not. But in my, like, I don't want my baby to get hurt. And my projection of my own fears, I'm like, Lumi, don't do it without a mat. Don't do it without a spot. 
don't do it without me looking, which is general. Those are pretty good rules. You know what I'm saying? But here's where it went south. So she came in and I was like, do not do flips in your room while I'm getting ready. Cause I can't see you all the rules. Okay. Yeah. She's like, totally. yeah, mommy won't do it. I'm like, all right, I'm getting ready. And I hear a big thud in her room and the, the fear, the overwhelm, the, I am not in control that thing, that monster comes up. And I was like, Rawr. and I go in there and I'm, I see her flat on her back. And I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, my reaction, my fear, rawr, and I'm not in control. So I'm projecting my own sense of insecurity of not being in control onto her. And okay, so I'm like, rawr, she gets so scared. You know, she runs into her closet thinking she's in trouble. And in that moment, I'm like, there you just fucked up. Mama, you fucked up because that baby needs to know she's safe. And you just basically shot all that down so what I did was took a breath I also noticed that her iPad was recording this whole thing so that was something that I went back and watched in my own time so I could like really learn from my you know from my actions it's not a not from a shameful space but like I want to be better you know so I grab up my baby I I calm her down like you are safe Let me know, like, how's your body feeling? Mommy, this is my biggest thing in parenthood, like right now, and even like within your inner parts, really reaffirming and telling back what's going on to ground down the situation. So I'm like, mommy is not feeling like you're safe. And that really scares me. I want to keep you safe. I should not have reacted by yelling at you. And I'm talking to a three-year-old. She's... But she can, they can understand to a certain extent. And if anything, you're planting a seed. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you know, I shouldn't have yelled at you. I just, I'm scared. I want you to be safe and all these things. And just from that moment forward, I realized that And it. (laughs) I also that night, like either that night or that weekend, we went and saw Encanto in theaters and there was this short right before, and it was these raccoons and they, This goes with it, I promise. But these raccoons, the mom got hurt going out hunting when she was younger. She got, like, scratched, okay? So then her styling of parenting was to keep this baby in the quadrant of the cave. And she wasn't teaching the baby how to keep itself safe. She wasn't teaching that baby how to eat. She was getting the food for it. She was keeping it safe by barricading it and protecting it behind a wall. And mm-hmm. when that baby grew up, it had a kid and it tried to parent its kid from that same perspective. And the kid still went out and got hurt. And but what happens is you don't equip your children with the qualities they need to navigate being hurt. Yeah, you are just protecting them from being hurt as opposed to let me give you these tools for real life scenarios. You're going out here. I'm not always going to be here, baby. But I do know that I've equipped you with this toolbox and you're going to thrive. You're going to flourish. And if you don't flourish at first, you're going to grow. You're going to learn. And so, you know, really learning how like learning how to take my own ego. I don't want to say out of it, but like tame her in a way so that I can be this mother I really want to be, which is 
holding space for this magical being to explore this world and equipping her with as many tools as I can to navigate real life in its uncertainties. Mm. I love that story so much, like so much. And it reminds me of something that literally happened yesterday where mm-hmm. it's been raining here, like I said, and, you know, I, I crack up what these, what they can teach if we're willing to listen and and hear things. Cause you know, like you said, you plant seeds and I've been planting seeds for a while. And, you know, mm-hmm. yesterday we were walking up, up this hill to school and she always walks slow. I mean, she's only six, but she also is mm-hmm. not miss like pep in her step. And I'm, she's got her little umbrella and I'm like, come on, baby, mommy doesn't have an umbrella. Like we need to walk a little faster. She goes, well, you should have been prepared. And I'm just like, okay, queen, I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. you know, they, you know, I'm all mad because yeah, I didn't bring my umbrella. Right. I wasn't like in my moment. And so she just has this way of you know, well, whose fault is that kind of thing, you know? And it's like, I'm going to take my time. I am not speeding up. I'm not on your agenda. So you can either leave me or just be at my pace. And I just, it was such a good, you know, reminder. And I want, if you would describe Mm -hmm. in a way, because I know this is something you're passionate about and that you do inner child healing is a big word and, or a couple of words that are being thrown around. And a lot of therapists talk about it. Psychologists talk about it. Healers talk about it. I, as a life coach, talk about it, mm-hmm. but depending on what source you're kind of tapping into or referencing, you're going to get a different answer. So what does that exactly mean and how does it benefit us as moms or as even not moms, you know, just as humans mm-hmm. in the world, because you don't have to be a mom to do some inner child work. Oh, please don't wait <laughs> until you have a child to do this work. <laughs> It'll come out of you eventually. But I'll say the way I personally would define it, because like you said, there's so many different sources and perspectives, individuations, and I choose to see the world from that space. I don't believe in boxes Mm-mm. or black and white. So Um, for me, like I said, kind of in the beginning, there are so many multifaceted parts within you. Uh, I don't want to say like, they're not always voices in your head because some people don't have necessarily that, but there's these parts that are within you. And a lot of them are from wounded inner children. They're developed from the experiences you had during your developmental ages. And it doesn't mean that you had to have trauma because that's a Mm. big word and not everyone, you can't like measure trauma. Okay. Like someone's trauma might be very, very violent and things like that. And someone's trauma might be, I dropped my ice cream and I got made fun of for it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, and it's not to say one is here, one is there. It's just simply to acknowledge without The only way you can gain the self-awareness of what you've gone through and how it's impacted you is by knowing that part of our defense mechanisms against those parts of us is to diminish what we went through. Like, oh, but this person had it so much harder or, you know, um, I don't my parents weren't that bad. Like you don't want to dishonor them and you're not. 
you are simply taking into account how did I perceive this, especially how did I narrate this back to myself over and over and over again, mm. or choose to subconsciously put it away or whatever that there's so many different layers there. But again, every single thing you do, every behavior, every mode, ev everything is motivated by a need trying to be met. Meaning if you have wounded inner children in there that don't know how to responsibly or maturely get that need met, they're going to meet it in the way that they learned how to. Mm. And that can really stagnate you in life or it can really set you up to thrive or it can set you up to be really confused. Like halfway, yeah. half of the days, you know exactly what you want, you're going after it. And then all of a sudden, this part of you wakes up and it's like, I'm unworthy, like da da da, or does something towards this relationship that's not serving you because you got scared. But if you mm. don't have like the inner child healing, quote, quote, is like where you gain that self-awareness of, hmm, this is the part I have these certain parts of me. These are those parts. Where are their perspectives? How do they go about getting their needs met? Where might they have been developed or picked up throughout my life or through my ancestry or, you know, whatever that looks like. And it, you know, it's that self-awareness practice, right? Because it's not like, oh, I've healed my inner children. Whoop, I'm done. Yep. You know this. <laughs> yep. But like that it's not this linear journey. It's this, I get to get to know you. I get to get to know you every single day and every single way. I get to hold space for these inner parts within me that weren't held in a way that I'm necessarily needed or could have received at a point in my life, you know? And yeah, there's, I could go on probably for hours because there's so many layers to inner child healing and what it can do for you. It can really help you create, sustain, and maintain a foundation to flourish in every single area of your life, whether that's you meeting your goals physically or you um, nurturing relationships in the ways that you really want to or value or you being able to thrive in your career space or you being able to keep your home in a way that serves you, whatever that means for you as an individual, your inner children are coming through in all of those pieces of the pie. Like if you've ever seen the harmony yes. wheel of life coaching, you know, all of the areas of your life are touched by you. And so mm -hmm. if you can thrive more so as a whole, getting all of your parts on board, getting that in motion together as a one, knowing how to optimize those different parts of you because you can get creative with the ones that are really wounded and you can really get yeah. them on your side and thrive that way. But yeah. you got to be willing to look inward into those directions or even take that much responsibility in your life because that's really what it is. Mm. The responsibility that you got to be like, oh, yes. okay, like I've created this. Oh, okay. I keep creating this. Oh, okay. I actually am comfortable here. Oh, okay. Like, because yeah. And uh, so it requires that little bit of discomfort to really expand, you know, preach, preach, preach. I, oh my God, there's so much you said, but that I really want to like 
highlight a couple things that I'm just like, yes, this is exactly what I feel. I w- w- this is why we vibe. Cause I would have mm-hmm. described it in a similar way in my own words. But what I love so much is that you said a couple things. One, you talked about trauma specifically, how sometimes it's horribly violent and it's this, you know, thing that you feel like only happens in like the movies or in like horrible right. parts of town or to mm-hmm. certain kinds of people. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, on the outside, the family I grew up in, I mean, middle, um, white family, middle class, you know, um, went to a great school, never wanted for anything on the outside. It looked like, what does this girl have anything to complain about? Mm-hmm. Right. And I grew up my whole life thinking like that was number one, there's a lot of things I'm, I'm healing, but something that a, a coach who is like my mentor in life, something I've struggled with for a long time is personal body image. Right. And I've carried mm-hmm. around this physical weight with like baggage for such a long time. And growing up, I was always heavier set than most of my friends. And my mom took me to Weight Watchers at age 12. Mm. And this thing that I used to tell myself, and so much of this is like, I loved also what you said. I want to extend on that is like, this isn't about putting blame on your parents. This is not about saying mom, dad, or mom, mom, dad, dad, you know, whoever parent you are shitty. This Mm -hmm. is, this is about, I am owning and taking responsibility to now change. I love, again, I want to point out trauma, definition of trauma, not blaming somebody else. Cause when we blame, we can't take responsibility and then take responsibility for now. I don't want to do that this way, but long story short, I kept saying my mom didn't mean me any harm. And while I'm sure that's true, cause my mom does love me. I do know that mm-hmm. it still was harmful and it's okay that it was harmful. Mm-hmm. Right. It's okay. And I think because we are taught so much, like respect your parent and don't say things bad about them. And it's like, I felt guilty for like, oh, but she was trying to help me. And it's okay that her way of help wasn't okay. And it has actually left some scars on me for a while that I've had to then heal that I don't want to pass down to this to my daughter, right? Like this is not something I want to continue. So it's an example. I think of using a lot of the things you talked about is I had to go then find pictures of that 12 year old girl. Mm -hmm. And I needed to like, look at her and I get teary eyed thinking about, and for, I have several screens on my phone that are of different generate, like different ages of me and from four to 16 to 12 to 20. And I'm like, I look at you and every single one says, I got your back, babe. And it's about saying like, you know what? It's okay that you were hurt. It's okay. And I got you and we're going to do this work together, you know? And I can't tell you that I'm in a place in my life right now where I can't remember the last time I said something bad about my body ever. Mm. Like I literally cannot remember the last time I looked in a mirror and I'm like, you are fat. You are ugly. You are Mm. unworthy. Your stretch marks are so disgusting. I mean, those are the kind of things I used to say to myself. 
Right. And I don't remember the last time. No, there's a lot of other things that I do. Trust me (laughs) that need work. Look, it's not about perfection, honey. We're dancing. Right. (laughs) But I love, I love that you brought so many of those things because I used to say, it's not that bad. My upbringing, how, why would I ever have anything to complain about? And it's not about complaining. It's about understanding why we react and have these triggers. How it impacted you. Yeah. How it's impacted so much of my relationships, why I did certain mm-hmm. things, why I just went with any person that gave me attention. You yeah. know, it was so it's, it's like healed. Like the way you can like think about it too is like to take that, you know, the blame and that like heaviness. It's like just thinking about as you went through life in your experiences, not charged in any direction, positive, negative, it's just a neutral. Every experience you probably picked up a little prescription glasses or a little <laughs> like tent, uh, like a, a filter. You picked up yes. a filter and you're viewing all of these areas of your life forevermore through this filter or this hazy glaze. And so it's like, as you go in and you just simply acknowledge those experiences, you can just say, okay, do I want to keep this lens, this filter, or do I want to, or do I yes. want can I keep it? Because there's also that, because it's not really responsible either to just go in and say, all of these patterns I've been doing, boop, take them off. Doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. That's re-traumatizing, honestly, for a lot of your parts. Um, so yeah, it's, I love where that went with all of those different points. And again, there's so many more layers, but we would be here for weeks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to, before we hop off, because, you know, I'm a dive all in girl. I'm always like, okay, I'm ready to do this thing. I'm going to hire the person. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to dive in. And I recognize and something I've had to do work on is I realize not everyone's there and that's okay. We have to arrive when we're ready. And we will get to the place when we need to get to the place. But I know that listeners right now, we've peaked interest, right? They're like, okay, I'm seeing some things. I didn't the grounding at the beginning. I've been present. I'm here. And I want to start being able to like, look at some of these parts and like get familiar and do some of this work. What is like the best next step someone can take if they are curious? Mm. It's going to be based on the individual for sure. Sure. So this might not land for everybody, but the first thing that intuitively came in, as you said that, was getting in tune with your emotions. So a really like, okay, like as a mother, I typically get overwhelmed. And one of my first ways of really understanding beyond that overwhelm because you'll get wrapped in an overwhelm spell you'll react all over the place and then everyone goes to bed and you wake up the next morning and everyone just acts like nothing happened and that's where the perpetuation happens so I would say let's say you have a patternistic emotion so it doesn't have to be overwhelm it could be sadness it could be anger resentment It could be joy. It could be happiness. I don't know. But like, you know, just something that you patternistically find yourself at and you're like, oop, you know, that right there shows me that you have a little bit of self-awareness to even notice that you're there again. 
that is a really beautiful step. I'll say mm-hmm. that in itself, having that a bit about ability of self-awareness. And then from there, I would just say, pause. Like it doesn't have to be necessarily in the moment because you're probably already in the vortex. Yeah. But let's say in hindsight, when you're like, oh my God, I found myself there again. In hindsight, I'd love for you to reflect kind of what led up to that point. Maybe it was, it can be as simple as a smell. It can be Mm. as simple as a texture on your skin, getting overstimulated in a way. But then from there, go a little deeper. And I want you to really ask yourself, what do I need? What need was I trying to get met through that reaction? Mm. And that right there will open up so many windows and doors and crevices and spaces for you to say, wow, is that how I've been getting my need for sleep met? Yeah. Whoa. And it can be as basic mm. as that. You just need to sleep more or you need a glass of water or you were overstimulated by all the noises and all the sounds and you needed a little bit of space. Right. So there's so many things. Right. I'm just naming off a few. And but I really believe like, number one, gain some self-awareness. And that can be as simple as noticing when you get there, whatever yeah. that is. Like one of my uh, I don't remember who I was talking to. It was, I think it was just a friend. But they'll be like, I will manically start to organize my house. Mm. And I don't wake up till like halfway through and all my pots and pans are all over the kitchen floor. And I'm like, shoot, I'm here again. Like, that's a beautiful self-awareness marker of like, "Mm, okay, like it's not to shame yourself. Like you're there again. Tisk, tisk. It's not that. How can I start to get more and more aware of my needs? in a way that I can actually get them met in a way that I value. Yes. <laughs> oh, love. If anyone just listens only to these last five minutes, I think that in itself mm. is such a gorgeous piece of wisdom because it is so true. Like we have two options. Once, like you said, it's hard to do it in the moment because at that point yes. you're like, way stimulated. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're in this like tunnel vision. Fight or happening. flight is what it is. Yeah. We are just mm-hmm. in it, but we can have two options at the end. And it's like, ooh, well, I guess three, technically you could do nothing, but you either can go into this, which is where if you aren't aware, we go into this, oh shit, I just totally annihilated my kid or my partner, myself. Mm -hmm. I just did something that was so shameful. How could I do that? I am just a piece of shit. We can go in that Mm -hmm. direction or you can do exactly what you just said and recognize what did I need? Why did I do that? Why? What was happening for me? And Mm -hmm. peaking that curiosity is such an amazing um, thing that you said of just a good first step because yeah, awareness is the first step change. Always, always. Always, thank I just love you. And like you said, we could literally be here for weeks. We could have one of those like six hour podcasts that they have. I love it. Yeah. Like, Um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I understand those. Honestly, at first I was like, what? But then I'm like, I could do that. Yeah, I could do totally. That. <laughs> Especially when you vibe and you're just like, we have so much we could talk, like cover the Ugh. whole thing, but oh tell listeners like how they can connect with you. And I know that you do incredible work. So for those of you that are looking to take that next step, like 
this is your girl. Like I would not bring anyone on here that I wouldn't trust in my, like with my own life. Mm -hmm. And so she's your girl. And if they want to find you, where is the best place to do that? Okay. So I'm going to provide my link tree. There's also chloedevin.com, C-H-L-O-E-D-E-V-I-N.com. So I'll provide both of those. You can always schedule a session with me at those links, a one-off session. And then if you really want to journey, like you really want to dive into this stuff, you can apply for the spiritual mentorship and Mm. I will contact you from that point and we will rock and roll. Um, Other than that, I host a lot of events in the community. So that's just something you would follow me on social media and stay tuned in. And so that is, you can go to my Instagram at Chloe, C-H-L-O-E-M-F Devin. Yeah. Chloe M-F Devin. And yeah, I look forward to hearing from all of you. Um, Yes. Yeah. I think that's all. You're such a dream. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having Uh, me. Girl, have a wonderful rest of your day. I can't wait to share this. Yay. You too. Love you. Thank you for listening to The Beam Life. I'd be so honored if you would take a sec to leave a review. Ready to take the next step and join the sisterhood? The Beam Life community is a place where you can just take off the mask, feel seen, and form authentic connections with other like-minded, kick-ass women. We do not do surface-level shit in that group, babe. Click on the link in the show notes or head to the Beam Life Create Your Dream Life community on Facebook. I can't wait to see you there.